Welcome to the Rise Above the Noise Fireside Chat podcast brought to you by Standard Bank Business Clients. I'm Ropi Wamadzena. We bring you tales of the guts, inspiration and drive that define the entrepreneurs building our future. When it comes to starting a business, it can feel good and it comes with a lot of excitement. But running a successful business is challenging. You'll have to cope with the different struggles to ensure that you achieve what you want for your business. Among the obstacles, you'll encounter negativity, noise. It comes to a point where you question whether starting a business was the right choice. Would it have been better if you had chosen a different path? Each week, we learn about an entrepreneur's noise and uncover how they overcame the noise that surrounded them when they started out. On this week's episode, we have Lolondrovu, founder and CEO of laundry service Sneaker Shack. Hello and welcome. I'm Ropi Wamadzena. Now, in the current world that we live in, everybody is looking for convenience. We just don't have the time to do basic things and chores, like, say, washing your own sneakers. We have an entrepreneur, Lolondrovu, who has found a solution for those of us who've got zero time for many things. I'm one of them, Lolo, by the way. Um, looking for convenience and just making sure things are done for us while we uh, secure the bag, as they say. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself and really where the idea for Sneaker Shack came along. Yeah, I, mean, I think it started with solving a problem for myself initially. Um, I wouldn't call myself a, a sneakerhead, but there was definitely a um, an, a, lo- a lot easier way to, to to get my sneakers done personally. You know, I, 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 I think of myself as you know, someone that's, uh, you know, uh, passionate about shoes um, and relatively clean. Um, and all the other aspects of my life, you know, there was there were solutions to. For example, you know, I, after a long day, I'd take my clothes off and put them in a washing machine. You know, if I needed my hair cut, um, you know, I, I wouldn't go to clicks and you buy a pair of clippers and go home and cut my hair. You know, I would go to a, a salon or a barber. Um, that type of convenience never really existed in the shoecase space and I thought you know that's 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 the problem that I would solve for myself and I'm sure that others would have that similar problem. How did it go? Did people buy into the idea when you first introduced it? No (laughs) no I think that's the short answer Um, it was incredibly tough in the beginning Um, and I'll tell you why it was tough because people never really understood the concept Mm -hmm. Um, and we can't really blame them right I mean this is something that's for the most part, hasn't been seen, um, especially once we're starting to scale I, I, at the scale that we were doing it. Sneaker cleaning is something that you kind of know. Your cousin does it for you. Um, you know, you spend time on a Sunday afternoon, you know, with a toothbrush over the basin. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually taking the concept and, and moving it into uh, a retail space w- was unheard of. So, you know, it was certainly very challenging um, in the beginning. Yeah, so... so- how did you then create a market? How do you then go from people just don't understand this concept to actually having a market where people are like, I'm going to take my sneakers to the sneaker shack? Yeah, so th- that was a, a very interesting process. Um, and it was a relatively long process. Um, and the way we did that is I think we had to understand a couple of things. We were like... Um, people are not sufficiently educated in this idea that sneakers need to be professionally cleaned. Yeah. That, th- that that's just was the yeah. sentiment out there. Um, the second one was like, people think of sneakers um, like they do kids or pets. 
Mm -hmm. Right, so these are very sentimental. I'm not saying kids are sentimental. <laughs> I mean, we love, we love our kids, but <clears throat> it's something that was very dear to people. Mm. Um, and uh, trust factor was then the next one. Like, you know, how do we build something that um, uh, embeds enough trust in someone to, you know, come to us and sort of hand over um, a, a pair of sneakers? Um, you know, and the third one was um, the accessibility. Like, you've got to be seen in order for people to feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I think um, in some sort of systematic, you know, for the most part, we try to be as systematic as we can tackling all three. Uh, but uh, and the last one, sorry, was brand. Yeah. Right. You know, you've got to be a brand that's visible. You've got to be a brand that um, um, that speaks to the market. Um, and all of those kind of curtail this idea of of, of building trust and getting that initial um, uh, momentum going. Yeah. So, I mean, I've spoken to a number of entrepreneurs for a while now, and many of them start in the garage or yeah. in the back garden of their parents. Where were you washing sneakers when, <laughs> when someone finally decided yes. to trust you with their Air Force Ones? Where were you washing them? So, I had just come back from the United States, um, and um, I'd come back home. I'd landed into a family business at the time, and um, I just wasn't enjoying it. And I think my dad kind of knew I wasn't enjoying it. So, so I told him, hey, you know, I, I, I want to I wanna pack up. I, I've been out of South Africa for four years. <clears throat> and I told him, hey, listen, I want to, I, I really want to get into entrepreneurship. That was the passion. Um, so, you know, long story short, I tell him I'm moving to Maboneng. Joburg CBD, I'm moving there because at the time, it's, it's this hub yeah. of, of really great entrepreneurship spirit, um, you know, young creative entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and I, I think he was so taken aback by that move like hey like go why? to then yeah, yeah like 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 why are you going to my bidding um and that's where it all started because i i wanted to be in that kind of mix right so um the garage uh metaphor for us was more maboneng mm. we, we'd had a container um about 12 square feet and um yeah i was employee number one and I, you know, every morning I'd work, you know, wake up, open the shop at seven o'clock, you know, um, clean five or six pairs, whatever I had at the time, you know, close the shop at um, at six o'clock that evening, um, and and that was really the, the the testing ground. I had to, I think I carried that on for about six or seven months, uh, being the only employee um, and cleaning all the shoes, uh, putting up all the socials, um, and the, the first hire I made was a guy that was working at an ice cream shop next door. And it's like, listen, you guys aren't selling ice cream, you know come and join us. You can actually get a little bit more busy than you are. Um, but anyways, yeah. So the, that was quite brutal. No, he, <laughs> he, I mean, I think I kind of saw him, um, he was spending more time, you know, uh, looking at YouTube clips <laughs> than he was serving scoops of ice cream. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and it was up to him, hey, listen, like, it's a pretty good gig if you're sitting there watching YouTube the whole day, <laughs> or you could actually get on and, and learn some stuff, you yeah. know? Um, so, I, I mean, he was a very eager young guy, you know, he wanted to get his hands dirty and learn the intricacies of business because I mean we were a, a, a bit of a factory then you know, everything is a learning point um, and I think he did see a bit of excitement you know as people walked in and out and he's like trying to figure out what, you know, what's, what's going on what's here going on in there, yeah. yeah so I, I, he was really eager to kind of join and um, um, yeah I mean if, from, from a foundations perspective that was um, that was the early days um, yeah and that, this is what it, everything we have now is kind of a culmination of those you know a couple of months, almost a year. I think it, was, it must have been about 11 months that we spent uh, in Mabuneng. What What do you guys look like now? 
Now it's a totally different <laughs> business. Um, yeah. we, we, we closed the Mubbening store. Okay. Um, and it, it was beta. Mm -hmm. it, that, that was the kind of uh, a product market fit test. Um, it, retrospectively, uh, I, I say that retrospectively because when we were there, like, we were like, oh, this is it. Okay, we've got the concept. We're going to branch out into Bramfontein and that's it. Then we're huge, right? Uh, but the, the, the beauty of Mabuneng is that it's got this market on Sundays. Uh, and basically, you know, a lot of Joburg comes into Mabuneng <clears throat> for a couple of hours. And people interacted, us, uh, interacted with us in that space. And a lot of them saying, listen, this is great, but I can't be traveling to Mabuneng once a week or, you know, every second week. I, I come to the market as a treat maybe once a month. And, you know, for the most part, I, I, I grab a pancake or, or, or a taco to go and that's it. Um, and you've got to come closer, you know. So are these are the customers now saying mm -hmm. hey, you, you've got to be closer. So, so we thought, okay, that's probably the right way to go. And if we're going to be serious about tackling this as a kind of solution to, to, to sneaker cleaning as it existed before, then we have to go where customers are. I mean, this is kind of a business case 101, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we did that, closed Mabuneng. Um, and long story short, we, we're about nine branches in today. So we, we, we service uh, most of Joburg North. Um, we yet to hit the South. I think South we're opening uh, in November this year. Mm -hmm. Um, a branch in the south. Uh, we, we, we have a presence in Pretoria and in Cape Town mm -hmm. uh, and Durban opening in three weeks. So at, at the end of the year, we should have about 13 branches by the end of the year uh, and with a franchise process undergoing. So I mean, completely different business. Um, but I mean, it kind of speaks to the sentiment of, of, of um, uh, those early days really mattering and, and really finding out um, the kind of details of, of what would be required um, yeah. to actually scale the business. Obviously, this is a journey that one would go through uh, with many challenges. Um, and there's a lot of noise, you mm. know. Um, I don't know if it's constant or whether it happens in a certain stage of the growth of a business. Um, and, and a lot of it is bad noise, you know. So what was your noise that you had to deal with that kind of was constantly just there? Um... Well, I mean, let's go all the way back to the beginning, right? Um, so, you know, there's this concept, um, you know, on paper at least, and it's the sneaker shack, and effectively we are a sneaker laundry. Now, you, you kind of rear your head and you look around you, and there's no example of that, right? So it's, it's I think the, 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 the initial feelings, I mean, on a, on a personal level was really scary. I mean, I, I think I was thinking like, Okay, I, I, I've clearly, you know, this is way too creative. Like, <laughs> I've kind of lost the plot. Like, am I, am I a little bit doff here? Like, you know, is is there, is there something I'm missing? It, it must be in the math, right? Or, or, or you know, surely someone has thought about this, but it just it didn't work out. So I kind of I ran the math and I looked at it and, you know, well, it can't be the math because the math is actually a lot better than I thought. So it turns out to be really good. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that, that kind of noise, you know, really self-deprecating mm. talk, right? Um, and then, I, I mean, I managed to ignore that and then, you know, then, then it kind of gotten started and then, you know, and as you get started, then there's more noise, mm. right? Then you get people, uh, feedback, right? Um, customers, 
know, um, family members, although most of them have been really good, some of them, I think there was a bit of a ah shame, let him do it. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. like, oh. Just let him go ahead. Just let him, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> he'll find his way. <laughs> so um, there was a lot of like, you know, that and you kind of have to ignore it. And, um, you know, um, there's, there's, I think we'd, we were opening our third, yeah, this was all third, no, this was four ways. I'm not sure what number that was. Our four ways branch. Um, just a, a story. So we, we, we had this old man walk into the branch. It must have been a week old. Um, and I'm sure he was looking for something. Mm. I don't know if the old shop was what he was looking for, you know, the, the, the tent that used to be there. Uh, he was clearly lost. And he walked into the door and he's like, you know, he's trying to find directions. And, um, you know, and, and he kind of, as he exits, he kind of says, oh, what, what, what is this? And, you know, <laughs> what do you guys do? You're like, oh, no, we're, we're a sneaker laundry. You know, and I think the look on his face, he kind of just, you, you know, told a thousand words. I mean, he's basically looking at it and, you know, I think what kind of mumbled out of his mouth was like, no, like, geez, like, no, I've seen it all. Hey, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, this no, is this ridiculous. This has to be the craziest thing in the yeah, world. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. I've seen it all. Like, I mean, this is how the world ends. You know, like, <laughs> now, now this is downhill like, because now it's, yeah. it, these kids do nothing for themselves yeah. anymore. You know, like, because like this kind of lazy sentiment, like, yes. you know, like, so you don't even have time to sit on a basin and, and wash your own shoes, yeah. you know? So like, I think this old sentiment around, you know, the way things should be done. Um, I think there's a whole literature around hyper-convenience that he's obviously missed. Mm -hmm. You know, someone should tell him about an Uber. Like, do you know what that is? <laughs> you know, like, try waiting 10 minutes for your Uber. That's a different story. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of those um, early stage, um, I, I think doubts, you know, uh, both in your in your in, in kind of a self doubt, um, all the way to your kind of your mental capacity, uh, and just kind of doubt from other people, and and you know them thinking that this is not necessary. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean that 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 was the type of noise that you were kind of getting in the early stage. Yeah, and I mean obviously because we're sitting here together now, you were able to ignore that internal noise. Yeah. And continue on despite the I fact try. You... <laughs> not, not, I, I, I try. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, you obviously don't think of yourself as uh, completely crazy. Yeah. Um, not completely. <laughs> just a little. Just, just a little. <laughs> um, but uh, with that, was there a point that you sat down and thought, man, I don't think I can do this anymore? Like, did the noise get loud to a point where you sat down, you thought about it, and you thought, Maybe I should just throw in the towel and, you know, go find something else to do. Um, it's, it, it's interesting. And you know what the answer is? The, the, the answer is probably no. You know, like, I, I don't think I, I got to the point where I really felt like throwing in the towel. But I did get to really difficult moments. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think um, the difficult moments... Um, yeah, uh, I think more so than myself because you know I can afford to be a little crazy. That's okay, but uh, do other people think I'm crazy? Mm. It's, it's different, right? So, so the feedback on the product for me was kind of what hit home, okay. you know, a, a bit more. So like, we, as you get the ne negative feedback on what I'm working on, I think um, you know that got to to points where I'm like, oh, geez, okay, um, if I could, I, I'm going to spend three, four, five years here, and then I'm going to look up and be like everybody was right, you know. Mm. So so that kind of fear. But I think what it did do is that uh, um, I kind of learned to channel that into, well, like, back it up. Well, you've got this hypothesis, back it up. If someone said something, you know, find a counter argument. Mm. And not some kind of 
uh, loss argument, no, go and find the data that speaks to kind of what you're trying to build. Mm -hmm. So I, that feedback, in hindsight, forced me to kind of dig deeper into the research. Mm -hmm. So I kind of use it as like, well, surely that person can't be right because they haven't looked at what I've seen. Mm. You, 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 I mean, there's vibrato. You've walked in there and said, oh, da, 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 da. No, but I, I can't merit that with like, oh, no, yeah, he's actually read an article that says that this is not going to work out. You know, the, the, the more kind of rationalized the thinking process behind someone giving feedback, the more I, I discredited that feedback, like the actual qualitative part of the feedback, um, and, and actually turned it into like, well, let's, from what he's saying, let's go and try to find some sort of justification for it, mm. right? So let's dig deep into it. Like, I've seen it all. Well, not really. You haven't really seen it all, right? <laughs> so I, I know you think that, but but no, actually. They, they, and, and also, it's not this gigantic leap into something. Yeah. It really isn't. It's like a, a mutual progression. So So that kind of quietens down that anxiety when you actually get the facts behind it. Um, and w uh, the more we did that, the more it, uh, it actually made sense that, oh, here's where we are. We're at this point when kind of the dragon's still sleeping and we have to kind of walk around it. Yeah, you know, around while it, it's yeah. still asleep. And yeah. then once you get to the door, then you're kind of free, right? Yeah. So it's uh, the, it, once we realize, oh, that's where we are, then you can have you can actually have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you that's, that's fun, quite important because that speaks to rising above that yeah. noise, you know, research thinking logically about uh, criticism and feedback you'd be getting from people. But what other ways were you able to rise above the noise? Um, well, I, look, I mean, I think th there's definitely been times when I've had really difficult conversations with my dad over the phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like in tears and he's like, hey, man, like, if you know what you're doing, um, you know, just 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 keep going. Mm -hmm. So I mean, people are important. Um, it can be a parent, it can be a spouse, it can be a friend. Um, but I think people that are going to be honest with you and kind of know you, and the crazy you, and all the yous in there, and they kind of you know that they trust you mm -hmm. with your decision. You know, um, it's it's important to have those type of people. I think that type of mentorship kind of helped me um, quite a bit. And also, I think there was this feeling around like surely people that have kind of introduced new things into markets have felt somewhat like weird about it mm. surely the first guy that invented socks i mean are you joking just put the shoe on why do you want this little cloth that goes around the shoe mm. it, it, it just it, it seems like now i've seen this is way i've seen it all mm. a sock wow <laughs> you know i've seen it all but like it, it, so i think kind of trusted myself with like you know every time an envelope gets pushed um, there's going to be resistance mm. um, and, you, and you've got to be okay with that. And you kind of study the different for forms of how resistance to, to change happens. Um, you know, what do you mean? You're going to just touch the screen and, and everything will happen. How? how? Yeah. You know, people want buttons. They want to push buttons. Mm. Right? So there's a bit of that resistance. Um, and um, yeah, I think just kind of armoring myself with examples of uh, areas where there was massive resistance kind of gives you a little bit of comfort in your own little pool of resistance. Um, it gives you comfort into knowing that, okay, well, I'm not the first one facing this, so that's good. You know, I've got a real support system that kind of gets me and they validate me that I'm not actually that crazy. So that's also really good, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I can go there and, and be a bit normal. 
Um, and I've, I've got people actually coming in every day and using the service and giving really good feedback. Mm. So that's also good. And when you speak to them, you know, they tell you a different story to the old man walking in and saying, you know, I've seen it all. So I think it's, it's, you've also got to, to rise above the noise, you've got to listen to the critical voices and you've got to listen to the voices that, um, that, 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 I that it's the, the rising needs a fuel. Yeah. And you've got to keep that pump open to get all the fuels in order for you to rise above it. Right. So like there's a mechanism to rising above. It's not it doesn't just happen. So if you create a good pipeline of all the info that allows you to do the rising, mm. then, then you can sort of get above it. And I, I think it's, it's reading, finding examples of friends and family, um, even the ones that say, oh, shame go. That's that's a rise above source. Take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take it and, and, and use it. Looking back on your journey as an entrepreneur, there is a young Lolo, but five, ten years ago, venturing into business. What kind of advice would you have given Lolo just based on your journey and where you sit today? Um, I, I think more so than ten years ago, Lolo. Um, I think I would advise him that um, conviction is super important. Mm. That if you're gonna if you're gonna develop an idea, uh, you have to have conviction um, because there's going to be a lot of noise. People aren't going to necessarily agree with you. Um, and um, your conviction to your idea is going to be the difference. Mm. It, that's going to be the kind of difference between, um, you know, looking forward or looking sort of sideways while trying to look forward, um, which is like the kind of time waster. Um, I, I, yeah, so I think I would really urge him, as it's worked for me, to 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 really try to be as um, as focused as possible on 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 the problem that he's mm -hmm. trying to solve. Mm -hmm. um, I think secondly, um, I would definitely try to instill the idea that business is not about making money tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. um, it's seldom the case that you build something overnight and you're reaping the rewards immediately. There's, there's a delayed gratification to um, success. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to know that you're not going to make money tomorrow morning, um, you know, not the next year, not the next five years potentially, depending on the type of problem that you want to solve. So you've got to be able to be okay with not reaping immediate rewards. Um, otherwise you can't, I mean, don't even try to move forward because you're going to lose steam. So um, I think inst instilling this idea that, you, you know, you, you cannot make money um, immediately or you're not going to make money immediately and you have to be absolutely okay with that, if not motivated by it, um, you know, yeah, that's going to be crucial um, to any young entrepreneur, right? Um, and I think the third one is that let's say you did start and you do have a business. Um, be sure to actually prove it and like prove it as, as robustly as you can before you're considering scaling. And when I say robustly, it, your friend can't come to you and say, oh, dude, this is the best sandwich I've had. You should go national. Yeah. You know, like, you yeah, know what I mean? So like, I hear you. So, so prove it and like, and, and, and get, get your version one right. You know, mm -hmm. um, don't, don't don't be scared of being too small for, for, for some time. 
because that's going to save you a lot of money once you want to go big. So I think there's this misconception or, I mean, albeit uh, this late, this, this phenomena of, of like wanting to, to appear like a success mm. rather than being, <laughs> as I said. There's, there's a big difference. There's a big, there's a huge difference. <laughs> So, oh, I've got this really great thing. It's huge. It's big. Um, uh, th yeah, that game is not so cool. Mm -hmm. That game is not so cool. I, the, the cool game is just is being small, but being super robust, um, getting things done. And then at some point, you'll get to the point where you're ready to scale. So I think kind of d delay the gratification. Um, um, be very sober about the fact that things don't come overnight. Um, you know, prove your concept to yourself. D don't rush, but be very uh, conscious of timing. Um, and, and and also, if you if you're not going to believe in it, then you can't expect anybody else to. Thank you very much, Lolo. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you too can rise above the noise. To listen to the other podcasts in the series, go to Spotify, search for Standard Bank, and then for the Rise Above the Noise Fireside Chat. Do what others say you can't with the bank that believes you can. <laughs>